It's show 63 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, Jay Geisler of Data Vault Solutions. We're also going to catch you up on the news of the industry this week. Uh, this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. You know, the staff at O'Neill are committed to your ongoing success. From salespeople to management staff to technical support, the customer service, the entire R&D team, they're all working to support your RIM service business and its success. And if you want to be part of that, you can learn more about them at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, I think it's time to get going. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me. I'm back. And hey, another month in 2011 is into the history books. October's gone. And we're officially into November. So, welcome to the second last month of the year. I am always grateful for your willingness to be part of the show, to, to tune us in. I don't take lightly that the most precious thing that you have to give is time and attention, and choosing to listen to this show whenever you can is something that I am extremely thankful for, and I hope that the honor you give in listening to it is rewarded with uh, valuable learning, valuable information, and helpful things to make your RIM service success. Uh, even better. Hey, this week on the show, I'm going to be talking to Jay Geisler. He's the president and CEO of Data Vault Solutions, which is the parent company actually to two other record centers, Corporate Storage Systems in Erlinger, Kentucky, and ANA Record Storage and Data Management in Lafayette, Louisiana. But before we get to talking to him, let's get you caught up on the latest industry news. Well, uh, the acquisitions continue to happen, and another one happened again this week. Trevex announced yesterday the acquisition of Sortino's Records Management of Omaha, Nebraska. This latest Omaha acquisition, along with the one made earlier this year of Benson Records Management, gives Retrievex a solid position in the Omaha and surrounding market. So congrats to Lou Sortino and Pat Sullivan, who are the co-owners of Sortino's Records Management, on the sale of their business. Hey, Prism International announced the winners of the elections for the 2012 board. Given what I told you last week, I expect 2012 will no doubt be a full year for all of the uh, PRISM board. Jim Teske, who's the president of Record Max USA, who we've had on the show, was elected to be the 2012 PRISM International President. Through the end of the year, uh, Jim will assist with new director orientation and will work with PRISM International staff to plan his presidential year. At-large candidates elected were Michael Fruchter, who is uh, president of Total Records Information Management in New York City, and Chris Kelly, who we all know has been on the show of Data Chambers in North Carolina. Uh, their terms begin on January 1st, 2012, and they'll serve through 2000, end of 2014. 
for the designated international seat. Mike Highland uh, of Grace Records Management in Australia was elected. And for the designated European seat, uh, Jerry Halshoff from Halshoff Archivier. And I forget how to say Jerry's company name. Uh, he was elected. Jerry's been on the board a number of times through the year. So congratulations to all those elected to serve in 2012 on the PRISM board. And finally, Iron Mountain announced third quarter earnings this week. Looks like Iron Mountain revenues grew 6% year over year in the third quarter to $772 million. That reflects an internal storage growth rate of around 3% and apparently favorable exchange rates. Iron repurchased a total of 16.8 million shares during last quarter or third quarter for a total value of 537 million and they have purchased an additional 91 million dollars worth of shares to the end of October. All in all shareholders received a 25 cents per share dividend which was paid out on October 14th. Hey, that's all the news that seemed to catch my attention this week. If you had any that you wanted to catch my attention and it didn't, please feel free to send it to me. Uh, you can reach me through the rimproreport.com website. Well, let me get ready to chat with Jay Geisler. Hang on a second while I get that in place. <laughs> We're back, and uh, I am excited today to be talking to Jay Geisler. Jay is the president and CEO of Data Vault Solutions. Jay, it's good to have you on the Rim Pro Report today. Well, thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so tell me your story. You you run a couple of record centers. Tell me a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you're doing. Um, well, yes, Data Vault Solutions is uh, the parent company for uh, corporate storage systems in uh, northern Kentucky. Yeah. And also the parent company for ANA Records and Data Management in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, so how'd you get into this game? It's uh, it, you know everybody comes in this game a different way, but tell tell me a little bit of your story of entry into this business. Well, uh, you know by trade have a. Uh, technical training and radio and TV. Wow. Um, but, so we uh, should be switching sides. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Although uh, my tech technical knowledge is uh, probably not up to speed after being out of it for 20 years. Yeah. But, but nonetheless, I, w I went to work and uh, went to work in retail and became a retail manager and then wanted to get out of retail back in uh, 97, 98 and took a job with Iron Mountain as a general manager in Houston. Texas. Okay, so let, just before we go further, mm -hmm. so you were in retail and you went to Iron Mountain. How did you make that jump? Well, there was a one of the uh, one of the store managers um, in uh, in the retail company I worked for, which was Circuit City. Okay, um, uh, he had made the jump and was hired as a general manager by Iron Mountain. And come to find out, they liked hiring retail managers. Um, I guess for their work ethic, I was later told. Um, because we used to work, you know, 80 and 90 hours right. a week, and we were there every day, and we were there every night, and um, so he... And you always had numbers. And we always had numbers right. in front of us, right? So, uh, so this gentleman actually referred me to the company, and uh, I went through an interview process, and um, about three months later, they offered me a position and wanted to move me to Houston, Texas. I currently lived, at, lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, so I accepted the offer and uh, moved my family to, to Houston, Texas. Wow. And uh, yeah, I wasn't used to the heat and I uh, couldn't play golf in the summer because it was so hot. Um, but uh, we made the adjustment and it 
turned out to be a good move. And so you were a GM with Iron. I was a general manager for Iron Mountain. Okay. Yes. That obviously is a huge training ground. You've come out of retail, you've come out of technical background, and you end up at Iron. And so tell me a bit of the story. Well, uh, we moved to Houston, and I uh, had a great boss. Um, his name was Fred Robinson, and he taught me the business, and yeah. he was a great mentor in the year and a half I spent in Houston. And his office was in our building, so that was nice to you know be able to uh, rely on him and ask him a lot of questions. I mean, I, I felt pretty confident, you know, with my management skills, and I'd, I'd managed you know some bigger operations, and so from you know a standpoint of people management, I felt pretty confident about that. And I was always an operations guy, so uh, again, had you know felt good that I could uh, you know relate with the people, which I did. And I just had to learn uh, the records management business, and I caught right onto it. Uh, again, I'm kind of an operations numbers guy, and um, it just kind of fell into my wheelhouse and uh, hmm. did some really good things in Houston. And then, uh, of course, Iron Mountain um, acquired Pierce Leahy in 2000, and uh, they asked me to to move back to Cincinnati and be the GM there because they were, uh, you know, moving some guys around there, putting the operations together. And uh, Pierce Lee, he uh, and Iron Mountain obviously had operations in a lot of right. same markets. Right. So some guys had to go, and um, you know they were offered, you know, severance packages to go. And the guy in Cincinnati, um, who happened to be the guy that recommended me to the <laughs> company, was offered a package. I didn't know that until later, and we were friends. And I had to call him and have a discussion with him, and you know he says he was cool with it, but. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, right. I, haven't, I haven't seen him for a while, but uh, but nonetheless, you know, I, I said yes, I'd move back to Cincinnati, and I took over the Cincinnati, Columbus, and Dayton market. Wow. So that, that gives you another whole realm of experience. And uh, so fast forward to data vault solutions how did the transition come how did you leave the leave the enterprise and uh go to the dark side well <laughs> well it's interesting i've you know I, I think i've always had an entrepreneurial bone in my body and uh, and uh, i remember um the year before i left iron mountain we had spoke uh, part of part of the general manager's responsibilities in iron mountain was really to look for acquisitions Right. And if, if anybody knows anything about Iron Mountain, I always see a, a good portion of their growth what has been through acquisition over the last 15 or 20 years. And um, I went through a couple small acquisitions that I found uh, within our markets. Um, we were in the process of looking at a pretty small business in northern Kentucky. It was called Corporate Storage Systems at the time. And we we're speaking to the gentleman he wanted to retire. It was, it was actually grown out of a printing business that he had. And he started storing printing uh, printed documents for customers and it just kind of morphed into a you know a record storage business because he had a pretty big warehouse building and he owned the building and he owned the printing business and uh, so uh, I had run across him working for Iron Mountain looking for an acquisition we were in the process of making him an offer um, and then I was offered uh, had another offer to leave the company so I left Iron Mountain went to work for a, uh, a shredding company um, and I never knew what happened to the acquisition um, offer that, ha that was on the table. Well, come to find out a year and a half later, um, I happened across that gentleman again in northern Kentucky and stopped in to say hi to him because we had hit it off, him and I. Right. And uh, he had not sold the company to Iron Mountain. He actually sold the company to a, uh, a private owner, and he had financed the acquisition and the guy had just about two months earlier defaulted on the agreement. So 
the previous owner or the original owner actually took the business back. Wow. And he was looking to sell it again to Iron Mountain, and I just happened on the scene and said, I would be interested, John, in purchasing your business. Um, well, knowing what the offer was from Iron Mountain, I knew you know, exactly where we needed to be to make the offer to him and kind of one lunch led to another wow and um we ended i ended up purchasing the business from him and 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 in the end actually actually ended up purchasing the building from him too so it turned out just to be you know the timing of and this was what year this was in uh, 2000 the spring of 2005 Wow. So yeah. 2005. Mm-hmm. So you buy your first record center. So mm-hmm. uh, you've gone now from the the um, being an employee of the, the the big enterprise to running your own ship. So how did that feel? What 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 was going on in your head at that point? Well, I mean, it was it was it was pretty scary. But I, I had uh, I had a couple coaches. Uh, my brother uh, was my brother and I partnered up to buy the business or buy the real estate. Um, and during that process and looking at the business, I ended up buying the business. Um, and, uh, you know, he was my coach. He's my business coach. And he's a younger brother, but he's, he's a physician and runs his own, uh, his own practice um, and a family practice. And he just kept pushing me. He said, just keep taking the next step. Keep taking the next step. You know, what do you got to lose? Just keep taking the next step until you actually have to write the check. Just keep taking the next step. And right. I just kept that in the back of my mind. Uh, and also my wife has just been a you know a fantastic support system for me as well she's she really um i've always said she's always had a um you know a, a spiritual part of you know decisions that i've made and i always run things by her now and, and if she if she gives me a thumbs up typically on a decision after i've explained it to her you know she gets a vibe about it and, and this vibe was you should do this jay this is it for you and i just looked at her i didn't think that would be her reaction at all wow and uh, so i you know, I pursued and kept taking the next step and, you know, one thing led to another and, and, you know, on September 8th of 05, I was a business owner. So, wow. Great story. Yeah. So you buy this thing and it, it obviously the previous owners just defaulted. Right. Uh, and it's come back and you right. now take it over. So it sounds to me like the business is not humming. It's probably no. not in great shape at this point. It, it was, you know, there was enough revenue to, you know, to pay the, <laughs> to pay the electric and, and to pay uh, uh, to pay a part-time employee that we had that was running it, and then it was me. And I ended up leaving the shredding company that I was working for at the time, and I just went to work full time. And and you know my my coaches, my wife and my brother just said, you know, just you need to work in the business full time. You need to take your knowledge, you need to take your sales ability, and you yeah. need to grow this. And um, you know, I mean, the first three months were, were pretty rough, oh. um, you know, and we just got an opportunity, uh, that January of 06, um, two things happened. Uh, number one, uh, one of the customers offices, it was a medical customer had med- had multiple offices was having file problems and finding their files. And, uh, I fixed an inventory problem for them. And then, uh, they got a new CFO. Uh, I just, he just happened to call the office saying we have an old, uh, grocery store that has, you know, all our offices, medical records in it. And nobody likes going down there. Can you take a look at it and give us a bid? I went and looked at it and just said, look, we'll move it all in for free, knowing that, you know, I know what it was going to be worth, right. you know, for the monthly storage. And I said, I'll, I'll go down there with another guy and we'll move it all in by hand. When rented a truck, went down there and he signed the agreement and we moved it all in. And that kind of pretty much put us on the map. And 
uh, start putting a paycheck, a small one, into my bank account. And so, like, how many how many uh, cubic feet or how many well, boxes? Well, it was, were it was about six thousand boxes. But uh, those are yeah. those are those yeah. turning points in our business that that create momentum for us. Right, and that customer has just turned into be turned out to be you know about probably 25 percent of our business now that we, really we've grown to a and and obviously uh you know it created a ton of referral business for us as well yeah um just for the things and then they got all some real special attention the first couple of years obviously we got them all set up got all their offices cleaned up got all the inventory cleaned up and and the CFO was re- very responsive because I was always attentive to him. And, you know, when you're first starting out and, you know, you, you have have some time to spend with customers, um, you know, you know, take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and take care of them. And, and, and that's and that's been my mantra all along. And every new customer we get, you know, I personally am involved um, in making sure that, you know, their move goes correctly. So. so you get this burst of energy from this, the cleaning out this old building of theirs mm-hmm. and gives you a little bit of money to put some money in your pocket and you're on your yeah. way. Yeah. When do you feel like you're actually settled a bit more into that? Well, another thing that happened later in 06 was, uh, that, that gave me a little better feeling where I could pay some more bills was, uh, I got a call from a gentleman in uh, Louisiana who owned a business who said, uh, I manage the records for a large home healthcare company. And they just bought a company in uh, Kentucky that's in your market, and they have about 10,000 boxes that I'm taking bids on. And we only take bids from companies who use the O'Neill system. I mm. said, great. I said, I use the O'Neill system. He said, well, you and one other business in, Kentucky, in the whole state of Kentucky use the O'Neill system. I said, great. I said, you tell me what you need on the bid. I'll get it together. And I thought, okay, here we go. This, is, this deal will kind of put us on the map, so to say. And I won the bid. We moved all the boxes in, you know, toward the end of 06. And again, that, you know, took took another leap forward. Oh, yeah. That also um, solidified a relationship I had with the owner who owned that record storage business in Lafayette, Louisiana. And about six months later, we had a conversation. Now we're rolling into 07. Had a conversation about him wanting to retire. He was pushing 70 years old and said, Jay, you know, I, I've been in the moving and storage business for 40 years. I've developed this records management company. Um, he goes, and I, I want to retire. I just can't lift or move boxes anymore. I said, I certainly understand, Chuck. And so I wrote, I said, you know, if you're interested in selling, I'd be interested in taking a look at it. And he loved me because we took care of his biggest customer right. when they made the acquisition right. in Kentucky. And he, we got nothing but praise. And he heard all the good stories. And he said, why don't you come down and we'll talk. And so it took about a year, year and a half, you know, into 08, um, before we actually came to an agreement on you know how I was going to buy his business, and I formed Data Vault Solutions at that time and took on a financial partner that allowed me then to uh, finance the acquisition oh, cool. of A and A Record Storage in Lafayette, Louisiana. So that's how we got in Louisiana. And that happened in October of '08. So you go from being an employee to now owning two record centers. Correct, <laughs> uh, and not necessarily all that close together. No, and and that was obviously uh, with you know my financial partner. How are you going to make this work? I said, you know, I'm used to running, uh, you know, a pretty large operation in three different cities for Iron Mountain. I, I, yes, it's a little further away, but I think if you know, if I put the right 
Right. Uh, if I put the right people in place and we put the right procedures in place, you know, things will happen. Before we actually closed on the business in, uh, in, Louis- in Louisiana, I had been working with the previous owner there on two other deals. And he asked me to help him because he didn't have a whole lot of sales experience. He was a moving and storage guy that had nothing but operations. He didn't know how to put together a proposal, so forth and so on. So there was two things we were working on. One, we were working on a big deal. Uh, from the state of Louisiana, Department of Environmental Quality, they had um, 12,000 boxes in Iron Mountain they wanted to move out and move from Baton Rouge to Lafayette. I put the proposal together for him about three months before we closed. Um, And then at the same time that year, earlier that year, we were working on a big helicopter transportation company that was headquartered at the airport in Lafayette to scan records for their AP department and then post them online for web retrieval. when we closed on the business on October 1st, I was down there, obviously, signed all the paperwork, you know, handed the check over to him, shook hands, said thank you. Well, that afternoon, we got two phone calls. One phone call was from the state saying, we want you to move our boxes. We're sending over the contract. <laughs> the other phone call I got two hours later was from the helicopter company. We want you to uh, scan all our documents and store the documents and post them online for us. Those two deals right there um, incre- increased our business by 50% wow. the first day I took over. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just an absolute um, blessing yeah. in disguise. And I, I certainly, that was not built into, you know, the, the plan the plan or the projection, the revenue projection. So, of course, you know, the financial partner's happy. I'm very happy. You know, I, I just thought to myself, wow, I'm going to have to find some people. <laughs> So uh, that was the first thing that happened there. So ever since then, I mean, we have been off to the races. You're humming. You know, we're rocking. And, you know, we're, again, they're two small operations, yeah. but they've been growing steadily um, ever since 05 and 08. And wow. I'm, I'm, again, feel blessed that it's even happened that way. So uh, how often do you thank your wife? <laughs> I ask her all the time, you know, and, and now I don't question, yeah. you know, her spiritual, uh, you know, movings when she tells me something one or the other. If she tells me something I don't agree with, I, I actually take a step back and think about it. So it's, uh, it works both ways. Yeah. So you're right. You're running two small market record centers, but uh, you're doing interesting stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at the O'Neill conference a while back, you, you, you did some speaking about you know, a, a unique approach, obviously, that you're figuring out. Tell tell me a little bit about that. Well, basically, it's, you know, you're, you run across companies that manage their own records. Right. Um, they have their own record centers. And usually they're bigger companies. They're bigger corporations. Um, they have a whole staff. Um, and uh, when I was working with Iron Mountain in Houston, um, we did uh, actually do a facility management takeover of the record center for them and they had roughly 10 employees running the record center Um, we went in and looked at it uh, me and my operations manager and and we found the opportunity through just doing a proposal that to store records off-site for their overflow that they couldn't handle in their record center anymore so while we were there their facilities group was asking us questions about you know, hey, we know you're Iron Mountain, you know, can you help us give us some suggestions on how to run this record center? And, um, you know, we're looking around, we said, well, yeah, we could come back, you can give us a formal tour, let us take a look at some things. I, I said, you know, I knew we were going to get some business. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, we can give them some suggestions, we right. can help them out, because this could be uh, turned into a really big deal down the road. 
And that's always been my philosophy too. If I can help somebody out, I know it'll pay off. Yeah. Not today, maybe not tomorrow, but down the road. Right. And, and I can tell you that after we started looking at it and giving them suggestions, they started asking us, well, maybe you guys could run the record center. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, we could probably run it. And because you know, they had 10 people working there managing, you know, 400,000 boxes. And I thought, wow, you know, we could have two people manage this place. Right. I mean, just threw that out there. And um, come to find out, we, we actually did a proposal um, to take over the record center. We did a three-day evaluation, went in and looked at everything. Um, and and observed everything for three days so we could understand what they're doing. And, you know, half the day in the warehouse, they played basketball, you know, with right. the portable hoop they had back right. there. So I thought to myself, you know, well, there's there's some labor dollars right yeah. there. I mean, anyway, uh, come to, you know, come to put, the, put together the proposal, gave it to them. They signed off on it. We pretty much cut their whole expense almost in half. Wow. And, um, you know, it was about a $300,000 annual deal for us and was a three-year deal so you know we installed a supervisor converted the data over to our system um and they reassigned some of the employees that we didn't hire so it, it you know nobody lost their job right. um and they saved you know roughly two hundred thousand dollars a year to run their record center and we put them in compliance um we put the retention <coughs> policy in place and uh you know it reduced uh the overflow they were putting into these portable containers outside in oh, the parking yeah. lot and they didn't have to give us, you know, any storage, but it didn't matter to us. We, we got all the service right. dollars by running the record center. So that turned out to be a great deal. Uh, so, you know, just thinking through those things, what we did, um, you know, I've run across another, um, another opportunity in Northern Kentucky, uh, a couple years ago with a hospital that had their own record center. I mean, some of these companies have a culture of, wanting to run their own record centers yeah. and there's certainly tons of unvended business out there and companies don't want to relinquish that control but yeah. at the same time so you're taking the different approach which is instead of worrying about trying to get control of the boxes you just become the service provider because we're experts at that absolutely yeah. i mean you know in the title of my presentation at the o'neill conference was you know if you can't win them join them and you know and not everybody right. goes for it but you know, it, when you're doing a proposal, I, I said at the conference, I said, well, if you're doing a proposal and at the end of the proposal, you know, if they're not off outsourcing type of people, you might just say to them, say, hey, we could also put together a proposal that could run your record center. And more than likely, you know, we could save you some money doing that as well. So that you always plant the seed. Yeah. And, you know, if it comes back to you, great. If it doesn't, you know, you've got two options out there for them and, and you know, a couple of them paid off for us. And, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of how I think about it. Now, I don't well, think about it as. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting part because I think our our, our tradition has very much been br bring their boxes, bring their stuff into our facilities, as opposed to thinking, how can we go out and serve them? Right. How can we get in their space and deal with it? Well, and, and the other thing is, is that, you know, if you install your system, if you install your system or the O'Neill system, I mean, you're going to lock yourself in to some future business because they, you know, and, and, and as long as you're, you know, producing and you're servicing that account and they're happy with your service, you know, down the road, somebody is going to eventually make a decision to yes. say, hey, we want to outsource this whole thing. I mean, because, you know, a 400,000 box record center is a business in itself. Absolutely. So, you know, they might say, well, we don't want this, you know, the lease is up next year. Well, who, 
would we ask to take it over Absolutely. or buy it from us? I mean, it, it just makes sense. I, I saw that happen in Iron Mountain. And, you know, so when you when you make those long-term decisions and you help people with that stuff, you know, it, it will just grow itself into opportunities down the road. Oh, it's, it's such a profound uh, idea. And I, I know that Iron does it, but it harkens back to Xerox going in and, and not just you know, providing the copiers, but right. becoming the copy center. Right. You know, it's another methodology that our businesses can provide value. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's been, it's been, a, again, been another blessing for me. Just, you know, take your operation knowledge. You know, we, we take a lot of our knowledge for granted, I think, sometimes. And, you know, in what we do, let's face it, I, I always say this, you know, sound arrogant, but, you know, what we do is pretty simple yeah. stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, we take for granted that what we do, you know, people, we think that people know how to move a file from point A to point B or a box from point A to point B or, you know, barcode technology has been around for years. But, you know, really the operation and, and getting the stuff done on a daily basis, you know, a lot of people are just don't have experience with that. So use your knowledge, you know, to help somebody out. And, and like I said, it, it will come back to you. I mean, that's been my philosophy. So sitting here today, uh, looking back over the years since uh, since you first uh, got into the game, and not got into the game from an employee perspective, but when you got into it as an owner, what uh, would you go back and tell yourself as you were getting that first, as you're buying that first business? What what with all you know today, what would you go back and tell you back then? Now, well, that's an interesting question. Um, what would I tell myself? I would tell myself that you need to be a little more patient um, and you need to be, you know, a little more uh, understanding um, and you need to be probably a little more, you know, respectful of the people you're putting aboard. Um, I, I, you know, my, I've always, you know, call it an opportunity or call it a weakness. Uh, you know, I just have an urgency that about myself that sometimes gets in the way. Hmm. So, you know, when I want to do something, I expect it to be done and I get it done now. And, and sometimes I probably push people, you know, uh, because of that. So hmm. looking back on that, I've probably, you know, uh, not that we don't have great people working for me. I, I think I have a fantastic staff. And uh, as far as I know, and, and from what they tell me, I'm, you know, they're, they're very happy. But, you know, my urgency level sometimes, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe early on it worked for me. Um, and I've learned to, you know, calm that and curve right. that back a little bit. But, um, but nonetheless, you know, it, it takes good people. Uh, it's been a pleasure to hear about what you're doing and what you've learned along the way. But before I let you go, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, just fun off no the problem. wall questions. No They're problem. part of what I do on the show. Okay. Uh, so, uh, tomorrow you have a day, a magical day. Uh, to do anything you want, no restrictions, no requirements, nobody's demanding anything of you, your cell phone doesn't work, magically it's been turned off and nobody can get a hold of you and even if they tried it wouldn't matter. You get a day for yourself, what would you do? A whole day to myself. Uh, well, depending on where I was located, it would be something on uh, the back of a motorcycle. I would ride my, if I was in Europe, I, you know, one of my bucket list items is to, is to take a motorcycle ride through the, through the Alps. Really? Um, yeah, I ride a, I ride a bike now and I, I love going for a ride. I think it's the most freeing thing. And what's um, your bike? Uh, it's a Harley Davidson street glide. Right. All right. So you're riding along, uh, in the Alps and you've got your iPod on. And you're listening to music, but you only have one album on that iPod. <laughs> Which album is it? 
I was just looking at uh, my bike collection and uh, probably uh, it would probably it's actually the 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 soundtrack to um, uh, what's the movie uh, with Denzel Washington um, remember the Titans oh the soundtrack right. to remember Titans which has all the uh, you know all the 60s and 70s music right okay um, from there but that's that's probably my favorite album right now that's my favorite motorcycle riding album cool well, Jay, it's been a pleasure. I, I'm uh, happy to get to know you. I, I'm excited for the business you're in and continued success in what you're doing. It sounds great. Well, I appreciate your time, Tom. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Another show in the uh, in the books. That was show 63, and we continue to really... Uh, give you great interviews every week and I, I hope these are really helpful for you special thanks to Jay for being a part of the show and spending time with us and thanks again to you too if you have anything interesting going on in your world that you'd like to share be a part of the show let me know I'd love to hear from you and have you on the show sponsorship as you know of this show is graciously and exclusively sponsored by O'Neill Software they've got technical support and customer service all over the place uh, they have a, a significant significant presence around the world and uh, can respond and support you whenever. And as we all know, support is really what matters on an ongoing basis. So if you want to learn more about O'Neill, you can check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Have yourself a great week. It was good for you to be here, and I am grateful you were. Have a good one. We are out of here. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.